corner <laughs> when I'm not presenting. Listening in. And listen in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bash University Live here on Tuesday night. Take a quick break. Watch John Cruz's on the Tokyo rig. Be a part of the show. Get some chances to win some awesome prizes. Bash, you go. You know, we didn't have that back then. And, and, dude, it, it can just... Gives me so much energy. I mean, like I'm dialing. <laughs> was that the live signal yeah. <laughs> uh, uh sorry I, I got i got sidetracked guys uh, i was looking at one of our past university instructors and we were we were texting and uh we were texting live but welcome to that was the greatest start ever. Well, welcome to Bash University Live. Uh, uh, glad you guys are, are hanging out with us. Um, got a, a a man that's been a professional angler uh, for quite a long time. He's made his mark on the Bassmasters uh, as well as the Major League Fishing Trails. He's currently uh, competing on the Bassmaster Elites. He's been to the Classic a bunch uh flw championship and uh and just a, a really talented angler that has has made his way in uh in professional fishing for quite a long time and uh is one of the most respected anglers out on tour so he's going to be with us today todd Otten, we're going to be talking about fall fishing uh in I'm, i want to talk about some fall fishing in south carolina his part of the country the southeastern part of the country we're going to be talking about cranking uh, in particular, the water wood crankbait uh, that that Todd has really folded into his arsenal. So we're going to be talking about uh, talking about cranking, talking about fall fishing. It's going to be a fun show. So get your questions together, get over on the IM board, and uh, and join us. Uh, we're going to have a great we're going to have a great show talking about that. I want to give a couple shout outs. I want to give a a shout out to my friend Mike Centaur. Uh, who's friend of the show, he got a 20-pound stringer on the Delaware River, which is a river close to our home, the River Ike won his elite tournament when the elites came here. Uh, nobody, nobody has seen a 20-pound bag. He was able to do that in a team tournament this weekend. Uh, just amazing. Congratulations, Mike. What a, what a tremendous, tremendous finish. Was that um, – what tournament was that? Five Alive. Was that a Five Alive? I thought it might be. But um, and shout out to the boys at Five Alive for uh, for putting tournaments on out there, and uh, I can't wait to see what happens next weekend. I think there's a couple derbies uh, next weekend with the uh, Bass Nation is going to be out there as well as another team tournament. So, are you going to dive into any of those, Riz? Um, I'm hoping to fish on the bay this weekend. Uh, there's a tournament Saturday. Um, I'm actually supposed to fish with uh, Epic Eric on oh, yeah? saturday yeah first time we're going to be able to share the boat together so i'm excited about that but we have a nasty little uh system moving up the coast uh the weather for <laughs> i uh, saw friday that. and into the weekend is looking pretty gnarly Cold. so 
yeah, we'll 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 see what happens. I mean, it's going to stay warm Friday, Saturday, and then it's going to tank Sunday. But the problem is, it's supposed to pretty much blast wind all well, both days in you know, a southeast ten to twenty on Friday, and then shifts to west northwest ten to twenty on Saturday. So that's a that tells me there's a system <laughs> rolling around. But we'll see. You never know with the weather. Hopefully that storm blows out to sea and we can fish. That's that's this time of year, guys. Yep. Right, the fronts are coming through. Uh, the leaves have all fallen where I'm at, uh, probably in the process of that a little further south. And uh, and these cold fronts are coming through, dropping the water temperature. The days are getting shorter. We're in a full moon period right now. I saw it last night. It was so cool. Wasn't it? It was, it was huge. Just giant full I moon. Saw it, and it was sad because I was leaving the office and I was so sad because it was getting dark so early. And then I looked up and I saw the moon. I was like, eh, yeah. that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Is that true? Pray in this morning. It was complete eclipse. And then apparently it, it went away at like 6 a.m. Yeah. It, a lot of wow. people couldn't see it because of how cloudy it was. But some yeah. people were able to witness it. And they said it was really cool. That's amazing. wonder what that does to the fish. <laughs> I was asked that exact question uh, at the get fueling up. I, I got out on the water a little bit this weekend and I, I caught a, a small mouth amongst the, some nice large mouth. And uh, but uh, the one of the guys asked me uh, at. You know, do the fish bite better at a full moon? And um, man, that's that's a that's a controversial, you know, can be a controversial statement. Some people think they do. Some people think it makes it tougher. Some people are, and I think certain seasons, this is probably true, where they they feed nocturnally because that moon was so bright that uh, you know they can feed at night and they don't feed as well during the day. Um, on our, a lot of river systems, coastal all around the West coast and East coast, uh, the full moon's going to drive a lot of water in and out. So the tides are going to be at their peak and a lot of, lot more flow, which can mean a lot more, you know, fishing, fish catching opportunity. So it can be really good that way. So, uh, you know, the moon phase, um, you know, can, can be a big deal, but, uh, I, I do want to, I want to mention this one thing. I got into a big problem on the river and I wrapped up a big blanket and a rope in my prop right at dark as I was coming in. And, uh, I was able to, uh, I was able to get in, uh, because of that full moon, Jocelyn, mm -hmm. I was able to save you know, myself and get that's in. That's really funny. You say that because the one and only time, so I have my boating license, but I've never, I only ever rode a jet ski. Yeah. My boyfriend let me ride, drive the boat. And not even seconds into having the steering wheel, it the motor like died. Everything, yeah. something went wrong. We yeah. I ran over one of those car mats and sucked it up. Yep, sucked it right up. <laughs> that's that's. Hence, I'm never allowed to drive a boat again. <laughs> oh, it's, old river. It happens. Happens all the time. Guys, we're brought to you from Tackle Direct Studios. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back with Todd Auton. We're going to be talking about cranking in the fall. You're going to love it. Get your questions together. We'll be right back after this. What's going on? It's Riz here from the Bash University, and I am excited to welcome in Waterwood Custom Baits to the Bashu family. These are custom handmade baits in the South Rainforest of Brazil. They're made of Marupa Pedra wood. It's extremely dense. It's resistant, but it's also really buoyant. They're made of quality components with a 100% guarantee. They're made for tournament anglers to get it done when the money is on the line. Guys, that was like my second cast with this bait. 
That's a water wood custom bait. These things are handmade in the rainforest south of Brazil. And I mean, as you can see right here, it's a fish catching bait. It's got the front hook. That means they wanted it. This bait's, uh, it, it's running really true. It throws really well. Guys, check them out at waterwoodcustombaits.com. BassBoatForSale.com is the world's premier bass boat listings business. We focus on driving premium web traffic to our main website, business Facebook page, business Instagram, and our business YouTube channel. Providing your bass boat listings the best buying traffic and top-notch exposure. Whether you need to sell your bass boat or are looking to buy a bass boat, it's simple. We give boats exposure so buyers shop and sellers list. One-time listing fee, no commission, and boats list until they sell. BassBoatForSale.com. Check it out. AquaView, the leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for, catch more fish, have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fishing rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick, every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I found that can withstand my hook set. Boom goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Welcome back to uh, Bash University Live, everybody. Going to have a great fall fishing show today. Man, I know a lot of guys, uh, Scott, a lot of guys put their rods away this time of year. This is, my this is one of my favorite times of year to fish. 
They are. They're big. They're 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 not well, maybe they are in some cases, but they're I say they're all as big as you see in the spring. Right in the springtime, we got a lot of eggs. They're they're probably at their max. Yep. But this time of year, man, they're feeding up. They're they're the shatter bunching up. The bait fish is bunching up. Catches always seem to be a little bigger in the fall, you know, because they're yeah. getting fat and happy. And then those big ones come up, get their final feed on them before they go back out. Yeah, it's time. And you're a crankbait guy. I am. I'm all over this. <laughs> are I've been you, waiting for this show. Are you a crank? Are you a crankbait guy? Oh, this yeah. is this is the show for you. Uh, I know we're we're proud to. Uh, uh, welcome and and have waterwood uh custom crankbaits associated with uh, the bash university build it's a it's a really uh terrific bait extremely effective and durable uh and unique unique sound unique construction and we're going to be talking more about that with todd Auten, who's going to be coming on to our show uh and you know momentarily going to be talking about um that cranking fall fishing and uh and and todd's life on tour man he's made a he's made a career in professional fishing which let me tell you something it is the hardest thing on the planet to do and he's done it for a very very long time successfully uh so i'm really excited to to have him on do we have todd is he ready to go and without any further ado i i want to welcome uh todd Auten to the bash university todd it's so good to have you with us today hey it's a pleasure to be here and uh Good to see you guys doing all well and everything on your show. It, it's a really good show. I've um, got to watch it quite a few times here lately. Well, I, I appreciate that. Hope we didn't. Uh, hope it was a good one because they're not all good. <laughs> but this this one's going to be a good one because you got a bunch of crankbait nuts in the house right now, and uh, you know this is this is the time of year for crankbait fishing. It has it started. Like up here, it's rocking and rolling. Now I know it takes a little time as you move south to get the lakes activated. Has the, have the lakes in your part of the country, South Carolina and further south, have they started to really ramp up yet? Yeah, it seemed like um, you know we had a little cold snap a few weeks ago, and it's it's got things going around here, but it's starting to warm back up again, <clears throat> and it kind of shut it down for a little bit, but. Uh, you can tell it's it's going to really start picking up once it gets a little cooler and that water temperature drops on down a little bit. Well, it's coming. It's coming. I know for us this weekend, and and we'll we'll dive into that. Um, well, let's heck, man. Let's let's dive in. Let's talk Bass University talk because what right around here, I think we, I think I saw sixty degree water temperature. Honestly, for November in my house, sixty degrees is like ten degrees warmer than than I would expect to see. I imagine you're you're experiencing that same thing. You're you're a little bit behind. Yeah, I went fishing a couple of days ago, and um, I believe the water temp got up to 68. So, you know, been kind of starting out at 65 and working its way up. And I mean, the temperatures got up to 80 the other day, and probably 70 something today. So, you know, I'm ready for a little cold snap actually to get things moving. Uh, I'm saying, do you have a temp like this time of year? Is is the water temperature the most important thing? Is it is it the length of day that gets things going? What what do you think is the most important thing to get that bite cranked up this time of year? Well, I think it's a lot of things, but uh, you know, the time of year, you know, the days are getting shorter, and 
you're starting to get those cool nights. And I think that really starts getting the bait moving toward the back of the creeks and stuff. And um, here, you know, the bait's already shown up pretty good numbers. And it's just the fish hadn't quite got there yet. And, you know, you can catch them along the way going to the backs of the creeks. But they hadn't quite got to the backs yet. And um, I've looked for them to get there, you know, any day now. What now? So that's is that's the first thing that ha that happens this time of year. Is that is that when you start really start getting into the crankbait bite on on your reservoirs? Is when that shad just gets stacked up where you can walk across it back there? Yeah, well, it seems like you know the fish will get back there and start schooling, and you know even though they get kind of tough to catch, you know the bait seems like it's a lot smaller this time of year, and you got to downsize and do some smaller you know, crankbaits and uh, other baits. But, you know, the bait size and um, I think more like when it gets a little bit more dormant, you know, a little cooler that the, the fishing really starts to pick up. I I agree. I mean, for, for what I see is, you know, for us, we have a lot of grass lakes. And once that grass starts to die and like disappear, you um the bait gets flushed from that grass and and when that happens oh man it's like everything puts the feed bag on and it's it's kind of lights out but we we have all kinds of different bait fish you know you know in our part of the country and i i know there's like we were talking and i'm interested you know if you've recognized this but we were talking in previous shows about the size of that bait and it seems like the thread fins the little or the little bait really starts to gang up in the early fall and like you said it's a downsize situation but as it gets colder those big gizzard shad start showing up and is, is that what you see in your part of the country i know we were talking about it in places like gunnersville and texas they see it that way yeah it's it's pretty much the same here you know um, there's not much grass here but there's a you know a few lakes down towards the coast that's got it, but uh, here it's mainly you know just they draw down the water in a lot of places this time of year, and I think that helps con you know concentrate the shad and the fish all together and to get in these little creek channels going to the back and um, like you say though you know they keyed in on that little shad and then. Like you say, too, it, it kind of changes over to a bigger bait type deal where you can throw uh, for the gizzard when the gizzards start moving in there, which I hadn't cut, seen much of that lately, but um, I'm sure it's going to happen pretty soon. Right. It's still warm. Well, when you're when you're in there uh, this this time, your early season, let's let's talk crankbaits. Um, you know, what are you using? Are, are you matching the hatch or, um, you know, what what models are you using? Well, um, it's probably one of my favorite this time of year is the baby Bushido. And it's a, it's a real small profile bait and, you know, it matches the hatch pretty good and you can throw it, you know, I throw it on the spinning rod just because it's a small bait and I like the presentation that I get with the spinning rod, but, um, it's probably one of the few waterwood baits that I throw, um, with a spinning rod all the rest of them you know i throw pretty easy with the bait caster and um 
uh, there's plenty of other small baits, you know, that Waterwood has out there that, that work well. But that's probably my favorite choice. The baby Bushido. The uh, do you have a call? Do you, are you matching the hatch? Or are you are you are you going opposite? Because I, I I noticed that I've had trouble when I get that much shad around. Like I can't like that's the big decision, right? Do I try to look like one of them or do I try to look different so the fish can key on it? Well, I I usually stick to um, you know a crawl or a shad pattern. It seems like. I just get drawn to that. Um, and usually in the backs of the creeks and stuff, it seems like you got a little more color. So I'm apt to put a shad pattern that might have some chartreuse to it or something that give a little flash. And, and that seemed to help me out a lot, you know, when there's a lot of bait present. Yep. And, and, uh, and a spinning rod. And that that's going to give, I mean, that's get that fatigues me cranking with a spinning rod. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, I I I mean, uh, but I you know when those baits are small, I mean that's certainly you know matching the hats and downsizing is is definitely going to be a key to getting them. Well, tell take us through that next phase, right? Where you know as we get deeper into the fall, what what are you switching to? Well, I'll switch over usually to like a mini pig or, you know, if I want to start getting into that deal with the, uh, the gizzard shad, I'll switch up and go to the Willie crankbait. And, um, you know, things start to slow down a little bit and you get a little bit slower presentation with that bait and, uh, you know, the little side, a little more wobble to it, but it's a slower deal. And I think those fish... Um, really key on on the weaker baits, you know, something with a slow presentation. Yep. Well, I'm uh, I'm excited to to get going in that fall pattern. I know our our producer lives on Lake Hartwell. You're a re- you're a pretty big stick down there too. But he this time of year in November, he just goes out off of his dock and cranks and and absolutely loves it. So I think I'm going to have to go down for a visit down there. Yeah, that's a good fishery. I I wish I got to fish there a little more in the fall, but, um, you know, I've been there several times and that lake is really just come on real strong and uh, the spotted bass in there is amazing. When I fished the open there, they was, uh, you know, just overrun with spots, it seems like now. Yeah, the open dominated, the open won that tournament, didn't it? Well, I mean, the open won that tournament. Spots won that tournament. yeah, and, you know, and I went after spots the first day, and I did terrible. But um, the second day, I said, you know what? I'm throwing all this away, and get my jig out and go fish docks. It's what I like to do, you know, that time of year and, um, you know, had a good bag. But, you know, hindsight's 2020. You can't really do everything you want to do in these tournaments. you got to make the right decisions right off the get-go. Did you try – jumping in the water well i did at the boat ramp a little bit trying to get the boat out one time but it didn't help <laughs> it didn't help me either at the open I, <laughs> I thought it might but but it definitely didn't you've you've uh got uh some history here at lake Hartwell. are you are you is would you call hartwell your home body of water um well we live 
probably about a mile from Lake Wiley. So that's my home lake. Um, and then Lake Norman would probably be my next closest lake. The heart was about, it's about two hours and 15 minutes from the house. So it's not really a home lake, but you know, I do have a lot of history there. Well, I, I, you have a, you have a second place classic finish at Lake Hartwell. That's no, no. I think that's Gunnersville. It was it's Gunnersville. <laughs> My mistake. That's all right. <laughs> I wish I'd have done that good down there in the classic. I, I fished one there in 08, I think, but it could are have been still, different. Are you still mad at Hank? Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's good to be mad at him a little bit. He needs it, you know. He's He's been so good here lately, I'll tell you. I just need him to slow down a little bit, catch up with him. <laughs> he's he's from your neck of the woods. Do you do you do you travel with him? Or are you who are your travel buddies? Well, I was uh, traveling with Rob Dye and um, Shane Limberger, you know, and um, they're fishing other things now. And um, right now, I'm just traveling with my wife uh, last this year, and we're going to travel together next year. Well, you got a you got a big elite schedule coming up uh, this year, and uh, are, are there is anything coming close to you? Is there anything you're excited about? Oh yeah, we got Lake Murray on the schedule. Um, got Santee Cooper again. Both of those are going to be, I think, in April. So it's going to be a little, you know, a little out of my time zone. I like to go there more pre-spawn than you know spawn and post-spawn, but um, it's still going to be some good fishing that time of year for sure. That's is it is it's going to be all pre-spawn. You don't think they'll be spawning? No, I said I like pre-spawn best, but oh, okay, you know I I don't want it to be a full-blown sight fishing tournament, but um, that's probably what it's going to be. You know, I got to recommend looking at uh, a Drew Cook seminar at Bass University. That one of the the best uh, sight fishing seminars that I've ever seen. Of course, he won down there uh, at Santee this year. But if you guys haven't checked that out, and you want to, and for me, that's my biggest weak weakness is is developing my skill set around the spawn. And uh, I, I, great time to do it over the winter is is sharpen up on stuff. But I know we've got uh, people, a lot of people watching on BassU.TV. Jocelyn, by the way, you're watching on Facebook. Like it like the feed and share it and we're going to enter you into a contest to win some cool stuff and listen up because we got a grand prize we're going to be giving away some great stuff today uh josh what are the prizes we're giving out all waterwood custom bait so awesome it's really going to be like a grand prize it's going to be a couple of them and the like and share is going to be a couple waterwood custom baits and we might throw in a hat outstanding yeah great prizes but what do you got for us we do we have a couple questions so first and foremost logan wants to know um how does a cold front in the fall differ from a cold front in the spring if at all that's a great question todd uh cold <laughs> and and i've i'm gonna throw it to you because it it it's de it's different uh cold fronts in the spring versus cold fronts in the fall uh completely different situation how, what, what's your thoughts on it yeah well Luckily, we don't have to fish too many tournaments in the fall <laughs> on the cold fronts, but um, you do get them. And, you know, for me, it seems like in the fall, you know, it's pretty cool and everything. 
and the fish tend to, to feed better like later in the day. And um, in the spring on the cold front, I catch them first thing in the morning and then it gets tougher for me later in the day. And I don't know if that happens for everybody, but that just seems to be um, what I've found over the years that happens, you know, on the lake for me. I mean, I don't know. What's your thoughts? <laughs> well, yeah, well, it's at the, I tell you the fall cold fronts, especially early fall can be awesome. Right. And especially, uh, you know, uh, it, it just can move bait fish around, you know, they're, they're starting to move. Like you said, they're off of flats or off of grass beds and they're starting to congregate. It can be a real asset in the fall when you see these cold fronts, like we're going to be having one this weekend, we're going to see a high of 47 or 49 degrees, which is going to be by far the coldest day that we've seen this year. And, um, that, you know, that's going to, that's going to really push fish along and, and it's there, they happen so fast that they're, the water temperature drop doesn't seem to affect them that much. And like using crankbaits and lipless baits and even jerk baits can be effective in the spring. Cold fronts suck. <laughs> that's, that's my, you know, for me, you know, the, the cold front, like fish can move, like they get excited. They're starting to take the shallows and they're starting to get going. And a, and a cold front can just, stop everything in its tracks and um and and slow me down and so i i'm i'm four cold fronts in the fall you can have them in the spring that's my take todd <laughs> i heard that you know i mean it and it matters a lot when what time of day or if it comes through that night you know how it's going to set up for the next day so you know it's it just depends on when it comes through you know how that is yeah, you're right, though. The time of day is critical. In, I find that to be critical in the spring in particular because those those cold fronts will come through and and but that's warming spring sun or the warming temperatures will get those fish moving shallow late in the day. And yeah. that's um, that's such a key thing, especially if you're any, well, any fisherman, but tournament guys in particular is, you know, you get those spring cold fronts and it'll it'll shut that bite down, but you got to keep, you got to keep your head in the game because it's likely that the best bite is going to occur after or, or around noontime. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, Todd? The later, the better. That's what I've always found that time of year. So, I mean, you, you see guys catching them on the last cast in tournaments in the spring, it seems like, and, you know, especially like Florida, it seems like, Everybody, somebody's always catching a big one on the last cast, and you're coming in for a tournament, and they're like, "Well, you know, I just made one last cast and caught a ten pounder," and that's the way it happens that time of year for sure. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool to have that happen. <laughs> you, know, like the, you, you pull the old hail mary stop on the way in. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's caught, the... a, caught a ten. Oh, I've seen it happen plenty of times for sure. It's just and amazing. These are the things. Yeah, that that's that's florida fishing too yeah. and you're so right i can i remember uh fishing the harris chain and and exactly what you're talking about dot and and you too rich like i i had this one stretch i got a couple bites at practice and it was a shallow stretch of of like shoreline vegetation and um 
and I, I, I cold front sat and cold front in Florida is like a nightmare. It's the worst thing that can happen for the Florida strain because Florida strain bass are stupid. And um, the uh, that I made, I saved one last pass, and I went down this one, you know, fifty yard stretch right before the weigh in, and and caught a limit of fish down that the stretch that you couldn't get a bite uh, earlier in the day. So. Uh, that's a great, great question. Who was that question from, Josh? Logan. Logan. Great question, Logan. Um, but yeah, got to sit those cold fronts out in the spring. But in the fall, mm, get your lipless bait, get your jerk bait, get ready to go because because things get going in the fall. What else you got, Josh? Bruce would like to know how do you guys deal with the freaking leaves in the water? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that is a really good question, Todd. I mean, things are, oh. man, try to try to get a water wood through a pile of floating, <laughs> you know, oak leaves or maples, man. It's uh, you're, it's a pain in the neck. How, how are you dealing with it? I think I pick up a jig <laughs> or a worm, but you know, a lot of times you can just look for the windblown banks and, you know, most of the leaves will be right up on the bank and you can fish out, out in front of them. No problem. But, uh, that's a great, you know how it is. It's really, it gets bad. I, I tried to fish a pond the other day. Um, and there was just leaves everywhere. You couldn't do nothing, but throw it out there, whatever you just throw and let it go to the bottom and work it back. But, that's that's one of the issues we have to deal with this time of year. And if you're if you're on a lake, I just run to the side that's got the most wind and try to get out of you know those leaves. That's a great that's a great solution. Uh, and and one of the ones that uh, that I use too is a current. If you have current, um, you you'll see this a lot where you'll get like these slicks of leaves that'll be blowing by your bank or by your points and you pull up on whatever you want to fish and it's just like you said it's loaded with leaves if you leave and come back you'll find that that whole bunch of leaves often moved and now now your point or your shoreline is clear so you know wind can just like todd said wind can do it if you don't have any current to help you but current can do the same thing. It can clean stuff right out for you. Yeah. Uh, if you just give it a second. Do the fish like to hide underneath the leaves, or do they like the sun? That that's a great question, Josh. That's my question. Seems like shad like them. Yeah, I I think well here here's the my take on it. When you've I I think the shad the bait follow that, and I see a lot here, Todd. Like we we get the dying eelgrass. You think leaves are bad? <laughs> Try floating eelgrass. That's you know matted up and just drifting down it's impossible you can't you you can you can have braided line yep. and as stiff as rod and you cannot snap that stuff off of your bait just keep on driving yeah Look but for the next spot. but here's here's what i've come to recognize and i don't know if you've seen this or not todd let me know but when you get into those piles of leaves or or grass that are matted and moving together yeah the bait is in there and wherever that that is the predators are trying to find a way to ambush it. A lot of times in current situations, it's awful points or, you know, man-made structure that, you know, where there's a, there's a current seam. And, uh, and, you know, so when I, that, when I see that, when I see leaves, when I see grass floating and moving, I know I'm around the bait. So I, I get, yeah. I get kind of, uh, 
excited. I, I catch fish around that stuff a lot, Todd. Do yeah, you? I've seen it happen a lot. You know, it seems like there'll be a school of fish under under leaves, and that bait is right there. They're trying to hide, and um, it just makes it kind of tough when you know. I've seen them blow up in there, and you're like, well, about the only thing you can throw in there is you know soft plastics or something like a fluke or something, and work it, you know, on the top or let it sink. But I've seen it many times when the, there'll be bass or even stripers or whatever that get under leaves just ambush the bait there. And they'll be, you know, at times super shallow, three or four foot of water, you know. Seen that this happen a lot. Yeah, this time of year is the time for shallow. Uh, there's no doubt. The fish are the, the fish are coming. The, they can be caught in that shallow zone, coming out of that deep zone where they've been for months and months. So, yep. um Great, great question now on the on the leaves. What else we got, Josh? Hallie would like to know, Todd. Do you start in the back of creeks first and work your work out into the main body of water, or vice versa? Vice versa. Mm. Vice versa. That's a great question. I practice, right? Or or even if you're just going out fishing this time of year, uh, are you? Yeah. Do you start in the back and work your way out, trying to intersect the bait, or, or do you or do the opposite? Well, I mean, it depends. One thing that's a major factor for me is the water level. If it's if it's falling or if it's rising, you know, it seems like to me if it's, if it's on the rise, I kind of tend to go more towards the backs of the creeks and start. And falling water, I'll, I'll fall out of the pockets to the main lake usually and start there and work my way in. But um, that's a good question. That's, I mean... It's always difficult, but if you start on one end or the other, um, you know, you can figure it out a lot quicker and being what time of year and everything it is. And that falling water has been a, a help for me to locate them. I got to ask you this, because for me, it's easy. I, I read the tide charts. I look over, I see the water's coming up and down. How, how are you distinguishing rising and falling water? on a on a daily basis on on a reservoir well like around here you know it's just mainly from rain you know if if they call for rain around here they're going to pull the water and it just it, it'll suck the bait out of the creeks a lot of times i mean you know we're talking a couple foot sometimes they'll yank the lake down and it gets all the bait out there on the edge of the you know main points and the main pockets coming, you know, from the main. So, you know, I like to start there on the fall in the falling water. So, um, you know, it's just, I don't know, it, the rising water for me is just only like after a big rain or if if the lake is coming up from a down, um, from a drawdown or something. That's that's the only times. I mean, we don't have a whole lot of tidal stuff that I fish around here, like you're talking. But um, I mean, when the water's up, the fish are up. When it's out, they're usually out. But um, for me, yeah, that's that. That's <laughs> that's great advice. And I, because I, you know, I'm trying to. I always tried to. This is one of my Achilles' heels when I was, you know, trying to. When I go to a reservoir, I'm going to be going to Watts Bar. Um, you know, for the opens this year. So in the, in the fall, this time of year, so it's going to be a challenging deal, but I, I've like, uh, I've tried to, you know, put sticks in the water 
you know, to try to determine if the water's rising or if it's falling. Cause I can't make heads or tails of the <laughs> dam discharge, you know? Yeah. Like well, they that's got, the best way. A rock at the ramp. That's, that's my little secret. You know, you usually put that on the boat ramp somewhere and watch it. But your buddies know about it. They're going to slide the rock around on you. Ah, <laughs> uh, sounds like my buddies. Yeah, <laughs> they do that. That's that's sneaky. Well, that's that's a great way to do it because I, you know, the water moves so slow on a on a reservoir. The rising and falling water. I always struggled with that, but the, man, that's that was the best thing that I learned is you know to pick pick a piece like you said put a rock there on the bank just don't tell anybody or uh you know look at look at a, a marker on the bank and and it'll tell you because they they fluctuate the dam so much and um you know they can start making that discharge and you know out of the bottom of the dam and you look at your stick and it's down you can see the wet mark on it where it's down two inches and and that means a lot on a reservoir doesn't it it doesn't have to be like a two foot drop but just right. a little drop will move fish around. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of lakes, you know, probably wouldn't change a whole lot during the day. I mean, at the worst around here, I've seen it go down six, eight inches, you know, in a day. But I've been on reservoirs where I've seen it come up overnight eight foot, you know. So I don't know if you ever fish Smith Lake, but um, – We've had that a few times on tournaments there. You know, they get a lot of rain, and and those deep, clear lakes, they come straight up. And a lot of times the fish ain't ain't quite got there with them yet, you know, when it happens real fast. But, uh, you know, it always makes it for a challenging tournament for sure. That's I, – I think uh, we may have fished that same tournament. I've never seen that <laughs> in my life. It's like uh, – it was unbelievable is seven foot up a lake coming up overnight of course where you're used to it on the delaware river we get that every day right sounds like high tide <laughs> sounds like high tide <laughs> yep and just as difficult to deal with i promise you yeah sounds yeah. like it yep yeah for sure yeah that that's a difficult bed fishing situation for sure but i of course in those that that was a discharge situation where everybody was clamoring to uh to fish the 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 runoffs. Yep. Those where the water's running in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was you know, it got pretty popular pretty quick. <laughs> but yeah, I got into a few fights trying to get in on some of those. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can only, imagine. Yeah, there's there's only so many of them out there. But uh do you have another question, Josh? We do. Before I get on the mic. John would like to know, Todd, do you recommend changing the hook on your crankbaits? Um, I'd say, you know, on the waterwood crankbaits, I mean, there's no use to, not unless you just want to, um, like on a top water or something, I might scale down a little bit, but on the crankbaits, I usually go with what's on it. I mean, they're good quality hooks on the water woods and uh it seems to be matched for the bait i mean everything's balanced with that hook on it so it's probably what you need to use to get the best action out of it i now you you've been uh working with water woods for a little while uh todd i i uh i understand you've got a custom color pattern out there yes yeah, a ta special ta special 
It's Talk almost like a Plemons, but it's got a um, more of a greenish back than a chartreuse back. Is that color? Well, what what is TA? What is TA special? <laughs> Todd Austin. <laughs> <laughs> right. I figured y'all get that one. <laughs> <laughs> Did I, I missed that one. I think it went right over here. <laughs> straight, straight past me. All right. That's pretty cool. The Todd Alton special. Is that is that on all the models or what models can we get that? Uh you would have to ask Marcos on that. <laughs> I'm not sure, but it's on a lot of the crankbaits. Um not sure if it's on the top waters yet, but uh a lot of the crankbaits have that color. Tell, what inspired that color? Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like, well, over the years, you know, you get a, you get a favorite color a lot of times. And, um, that's just the way it rolled. I said, you know, you need to build this color and, you know, you call it what you want to. I didn't tell him to call it TA special, but, uh, that's what it became. And, um, you know, we work on other colors sometimes and, you know, he wants my input, even though he, he don't need it. He, he can design and make all the colors you know, beautiful on the baits, it seems like. And I don't, I'm not into to doing that. You know, I, I give him a little advice on the colors, but usually, you know, he's got it figured out and um, they come out pretty good like they are. Is that, is it, that, is that see. it right there? Uh, I can't tell, but um, it should say it on the lid there if it is. The, the lid that you took off the clear lid, but I think uh, I, I think it's a different color there. All right, we're gonna dig it out. We're gonna show it to you guys before we're done. But that is a nice looking bait right there. Yep, that's a big weight bait. <laughs> what's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite crankbait, uh, Ty? In the in the in the waterwood family, a crankbait or top water or crankbait, crankbait, crankbait. Um. You know, one of my favorites, believe it or not, is the Willie 100. And, you know, that bait, which I think he's got one up front there, I see on the left, uh, that is a Willie 100 or Wobbly 100. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of two things at one time. But the Wobbly 100, that might be an E1. I couldn't tell. But, um, the Wobbly 100 is definitely one of my favorites that I can throw, you know, real easy with the bait caster and um, cover that two to four foot of water range real good. That's one thing that I that I noticed like right away throwing the water woods is that they are amazing as far as your like the castability. You know, yes. for yes. a lot of the a lot of the you know wooden baits or you know the flat sided baits. You know they're tough to tough to throw because it's like throwing a potato chip but dude the waterwoods i guess it's from the marupa pedra wood that they use the the the, Bra the brazilian wood but you can you can sling those things man and it and throw them on a bait caster you don't have to use yeah. a spinning rod there are you know more solid feeling bait i think that woods is it's a little bit harder than balsa so it kind of deflects a little better and it holds up tremendously better than a balsa bait and I don't know, <clears throat> you know, I've got baits I've used since he started the business. And, um, you know, 
the finish on them is still amazing. You know, you get a little hook rash every once in a while, but um, they hold together better than anybody I've seen on the market. I'm looking at the TA special right now. Uh, it's look, it's uh, yeah, it's got it's got a dark back. It's got a green side with kind of a it almost looks like a yellow light chartreuse belly. Is that right? Yeah, it's kind of. I don't know if you remember the Plemons color. Um, it's exactly Plemons with a chartreuse, I mean, a, more of a green instead of a chartreuse back. That's what right. the way it came about. Yeah, she looks good. Yeah. Looks good. And and I the the baits have the EWG style hooks on them. Yeah, yeah, a lot of his does and I think the top waters might be a little different. I'm not sure. Um I've not got one in front of me right now, but those hooks are I mean, you get a little bait with a bigger hook. That bait is designed to use bigger hooks on it, you know, so you get a better hook up cuz you know, anytime you know throwing a little crankbait and you you got smaller hooks on it because you the, the bait won't allow you to put bigger hooks, but that bait will. Yeah. Well, we we uh we had some cool experiences with it where we uh we caught them right away coming through the brush piles and uh, coming through the wood really nice and uh you know, I think it's kind of, it's unique. It's got a unique design, and, and I'd like to hear the sound pattern on it because I got to feel like it's going to have a different, subtly different vibration. And, um, and of course, they're silent, which, uh, which is a really big deal because I, I, like I like to go back and forth between silent baits and baits with rattle chambers in them. And, uh, and that's, that's really important for, for me. Um, yeah you know, switching back and forth because it, it matters to my crankbait fishing. Does it yeah. matter to you? Yeah, it does. And, you know, like I say, there's times for wood baits and times for probably plastic rattling baits. But um, if you ever listen to one of those baits in the water, you know, the hooks on the bait do rattle a pretty good bit. Um, it's more of a subtle noise, but it's got a little different sound than other wood baits, I think. And, you know, a lot of times when fish get conditioned to that rattle, you know, that's something I want to pick up and throw in there to catch a couple more fish. Heck, heck yeah. With 200 boat yep. fields in the opens, you bet they, those fish are getting conditioned quick. Yeah, that's true. And even the top water baits, he's got the, the smooth criminal. It's one of my favorite top waters. And that bait... You can tell when you're walking it, the hook slap on the bait has a different sound to it. You know, the fish hadn't heard it and they just clobber it. You know, the, the, the bait has got, you know, everybody wants to get a different sound. That bait has a different sound to it for sure. And that's, that's so important. You know, guys, we're always trying looking for that little angle. Uh, to get that little extra, that extra bite to, uh, you know, especially when conditions are tough or you're dealing with heavy fishing pressure, uh, it's yeah. a big deal. And it's a, it's a high caliber bait um, that we really, we really love. We really love working with them. And I want you guys to check them out. Do we, can we, do we link through our site to Waterwood? I could definitely do that right now. Okay. And we'll put a link up there for you guys to check them out. I was just going to mention too, we, we have our own site where we started selling them. Um, me and 
my son and my wife, we kind of put together a little uh, business where we sell, you know, a lot of custom baits and Waterwood's one of them because we liked them so much. We figured, you know, they would be a good item for anglers to have. What's that say, Todd? It's Alton Specialty Baits. Alton Specialty Alton Specialty Baits, yep. Awesome. Well, good. Go check yep. it out, and then there, there. I see that bait. Are you going to pull that up for the for the guys to look at? That's the TA special. I can see it up on my screen. But um, the um, go check them out. Get yourself uh, some some of these baits. I think you're gonna you're gonna really like them. Where, where do where do what kind of tournament do we have this year? What's going to be our crankbait tournament on the Elite Series this year? Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking Florida. You know, we're going to Okeechobee. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, sometimes it's a rock deal down there. Sometimes it's a grass deal. So I hadn't been in a couple of years and, of course, can't get any information. But uh, that crankbait down there is real good. A lot of people, you know, overlook that. but And he's got some bigger profile baits in there that um, I think might work, like the Willie, you know. And that's, you know, that, that would be, cause that's like the diversion canals or, or what do they call those? The rim canals. Rim canals and uncle Joe's cut and all those places, you know, they're lined with rock. So, you know, you can crank and, uh, or, you know, people that don't like to fish grass, that's what they do usually. <laughs> that's, that's, and that's probably where I'll be. You wouldn't like to fish grass. <laughs> <laughs> Well, sometimes it's like finding a needle in a haystack out there on Okeechobee, you know, and, but when you find them, you find them good a lot of times. That's, I, it, Okeechobee is a different kind of lake as far as Florida lakes go, as far as, you know, from what I've seen, and it does have an abundance of fish, but it's struggled. It's gone through its ups and downs. I wonder how all this hurricane water is going to affect Okeechobee because, I don't think it took a direct hit from the hurricane, but I, they had to have at least a foot of water dumped on its watershed. So it's had to fill that, that lake up, wouldn't you think? Yeah, and I'm not so sure. There's another storm coming in. Um, it's going to hit Florida, I think, Thursday, a hurricane. So I don't know if they'll get rain from that or not. So, you know, it could be a high water situation, which, um, man, that lake with high water is – you know, fish is so big now, it really fishes big when it gets high. Yeah, that's for sure. And and I know the cold fronts, we've seen those cold fronts down there in years past, you know, where those uh you know, those tournaments have been won fishing that rock in those in those ditches and stuff with uh yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought you would have said that, but now that you you talk about it, Okeechobee could be a crankbait lake. Anything else looking setting up? this year well i probably really shouldn't have even said anything but <laughs> i might have shot myself in the foot but um you know Welcome there's the National university where pete pulls it out yeah. that's right yeah we gotta, we gotta be honest here yeah but uh you know there's going to be other events i'm sure um you know i'm right here trying to think of them that might play but um even you know murray and stuff i just kind of feel like we could be on the edge you have a postpone, it may be even a shad spawn, you know, sometimes, or even at Santee, 
and crankbaits are always good during that too. So we just have to wait and see how all that shakes down. But, um, you know, there's really not a bad time to throw them. I agree. And so does my producer, Jeff. <laughs> we, we try to teach him how to throw a, a, a jig or a soft plastic, but it ain't happening. He, yeah. he, may, he makes three casts and then he's got to be right back to cranking. And uh, well, I I noticed that with a lot of guys that work. So our, our our own Scott is one of those guys. He's like it's got it's got to be cranking that real handle or he's not happy. Yeah. Is well, that you too, Todd? I, I mean, yep. I like moving baits, and you know I'm always cranking something around, just trying to you know stay busy. It keeps me busy, and you know keeps my mind on fishing. I love I love cranking and it's one of my favorite things to do. But I don't know what it is, but I always seem to do better in the tournament when I got a flipping stick in my hand. So I don't. I like that. I like to marry the two. You know, I mix yeah. crankbaits in uh, to my flipping. And, and you got to do what you have confidence in. That's you know everybody's strength is you got to do what you got confidence in. That's for sure. To do any good. To yep. do to do any good, that's that's you got to fish to your strengths. I feel like There's, the confidence baits change from year to year too. You know, like they evolve. Not they, for you. They do. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I mean, you know, they they definitely do. Yeah. Uh, so long yeah. as it starts with the words chatter yeah. and ends with the word bait, it's. Yeah, uh, no, it's I mean, you know, that's definitely you know the wheelhouse. But like, yeah. you know, I lately it's been I love I've been throwing a crankbait a ton. You is that right? I mean? Yeah, and, it's good for you. You, know, you, you taught yeah. me the worm, and that 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 worm saved my tail more mm -hmm. times than anything in the last couple years. But you know, I, I feel like the confidence baits. It's like, you know, depends. It depends what time of the year are you asking for? Maybe everybody. You know, it's like, is it is it April, May? Yeah, the confidence baits are gonna be one thing. Is it October, November? It may be a little different. You know, and like Scott said, it's you gotta listen to the fish. You know, the fish will make you confident in something mm -hmm. real quick. It doesn't take much. You know, you get yeah. you get one bite on a bait, and it's like, oh, I can do this. You yep. Know? Yep. Well, our, our own Riz, and, and I tease him, but he is a killer with a chatterbait in his hand. So uh, we know that's his his confidence. But bait. I found the Waterwood bait. But it, you know, like mm -hmm. like we see on the commercial, that was literally the second cast of throwing that throwing that crankbait, and I'm I've continued to throw them, and I like them. You know, they're, they're good crankbaits. Yeah. Well, they're fish catchers, man. And that's what we love. Jocelyn, we have IMs. Who's watching over there? Of course. I, I saw Howie, one of our boys. Um. Okay. There is a question. Brett wants to know, how do you catch the cruisers you can see that are just waiting to bust on Shad? Man, that's, that is a great question. Cause you see that a lot uh, on the, on the reservoirs in the fall is those big cruisers uh todd how how are you managing them um well the trick is to see them before they see you and usually i'll throw a top water um you know i have that buzz frog deal i've come up with years ago that i throw that some or if i want a walking bait i throw the smooth criminal because it's a you know it's a little more subtle but than the buzz bait deal but if i got a little chop i like that buzz bait but when it's slick and you get out in front of those um, sight fish like that with that smooth criminal and walk that thing in front of them, they'll come kill it. It's no problem usually. 
that I, I love it. I love that approach. And I always seem to either having to beg them to bite or trick them to bite when they're cruising like that. And that top water in that in the fall is such an important weapon uh, to yeah. be able to just get them out of their comfort zone. Because you know? that's what it does. Right, Ty? Like they're you're freaking them out and yep. uh, catching them, surprising them almost. Especially if you got like a little wolf pack, they'll compete for it, you know. And you know, you could—I don't know. Sometimes I say you could throw a shoe over there, and they'd probably bite it. They're all competing for it, but it's usually not the case because I've tried a little bit of everything, and top water works best for me on that. You know, I throw jigs in them, swim a jig, or you know, just let it go to the bottom. They'll usually go down there and look at it and just leave it, but. For some reason, that top top water, they'll just compete for it and blast it, and that's how I catch them. You know, if they're going to bite, if not, some days it's just not your day. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no doubt. No, they're tricky, man. They're they're tricky to catch. Yeah, um, you, Todd. This something that I've done, and let me. I want to run this by you, but I've that time of year. Like I move, I keep my boat up on the bank and I, I move my boat down the bank and I, what I, what I've discovered is that I, I'll push bait fish like up in front of me, mm. like I'll move the bait down the bank yeah. and that bait will come, will be, I'll push them over a point or over a rock or something and it'll activate those fish that have the crazy eyes like that you hardly can't yeah. catch. Yeah, and uh, I've actually I've used that boat to move the bait, and it has really helped me this time of year. We yeah. we saw that when we were at a fork with Lee, and um, when we were there in either October, or September, when we were filming with Lee on fork, every time we would pull up on a a point to do a sit down portion of our seminars, mm -hmm. the boat easing up on the point, and the power poles going down, or the tap or the the talons raptors going down would push bait up on the point and a school of four pounders would start blowing them out of the water and he would catch some. So we would trans transition back into filming. But anyway, it was like, you know, you, you always, and I make jokes about it. You always hear like the, the stories like, yeah, I'm running down the lake. I only had three fish and I saw a school of four pounders blowing shad out of the water. So I stopped <laughs> on them and caught 20 pounds in 20 minutes. And I was like, that doesn't happen. Like that, <laughs> that That's never happened ever. And then, you see it happen like i saw it happen like lee's boat would push shad exactly like you're talking about mm -hmm. up a bank and those fish they're sitting there waiting for him and they just seize on the opportunity yep. so it's like you know it's a it's a tactic it is yeah. it is a tactic yeah and it happens a lot on those herring lakes you know you pull up to a cane pile and before you get to it here they come up busting you know because you're when you sit down and you're pushing that wake and it's running those shad over toward them, you know, sometimes that can be good, but you're going to get one or two shots at them and then that's it. You know, you might as well move on. Yeah. People, people underestimate that, you know, the importance, of, you know, what you're doing with your boat and how you can use it as a tool. And I'll tell you this, Todd, and people listen, I, I've said this, we, we were up at thousand islands this year and we weren't catching them. And, and my boy and his buddy went swimming behind the boat and that commotion brought a school of smallmouth under my boat. Yeah. And it's, it's incredible the way that, you know, you can, 
you know, things happen out there that, you know, we're like in, in the past, I've driven my boat over shoals to try to activate fish that I couldn't make bite. Uh, I've done all kinds of tricks to, to do it, but you know, the curiosity of those smallmouth, it came right under the boat. We caught them on every cast. So that's why you fell in the water. I, I know that, <laughs> that, that, that was my secret technique. I was rolling out. Roll yeah, out. I've seen where people do, you know, figure eights and stuff on those heron lakes and in the summertime and stuff. And it gets them going. It does. It keeps them. Um, they're they're waiting on the boat traffic a lot of times. Right. People yeah. think about that. They're waiting. On the, like the boat traffic can be an asset certain times a year. And people people yeah. are always running from it. Especially, yeah, my, you my know, only... hot summertime, you know, it seems like. That's why I find the schoolers more like that in the high traffic areas, usually. Right. I know. I've seen it many times, lakes around here, where you can't get a bite until that boat traffic gets up. Those water steers start ripping through the grass and tearing it up. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you get that you get that bite going. My only regret, Jocelyn, is I didn't make a cast after I fell in. I activated <laughs> the fish, and I forgot to throw in there. Mm. Oh, well, we'll get them next time. You're lucky yeah. you, you didn't get <laughs> <laughs> I could have some gnarly stuff down there. I know, very, very gnarly. <laughs> but you got it. You got a IM for us. Yeah, Johnny wants to know. You were talking about heron lakes. What color is best for a blueback heron lake? Todd, that is you, man. You are you live in blueback territory. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the French pearl color worked best for me at the open when I was even practicing, you know, cause I got to do that exact thing and French pearl, the gray ghost, those were my two best, um, colors for that. And, you know, even though the French pearl has a little bit of orange on the belly, you know, I don't know something about that, that they just, um, they keyed in on, I get, it's a moving bait. So they don't get a real good look at it, you know, but, it's a mostly white bait, and it's got that little bit of orange. It gives it a little, little flash to it. That, I mean, that was a herring lake, and that worked best for me. That's all I can come up with there. Yeah, well, the bluebacks are – it's a special kind of uh, – they're special kind of lakes, and, and you know, we've learned so much about them, and really from watching the live and watching guys fish for them, they're nomadic. They tend to stay high up in the water column, and and the bass just roam around on them. Uh, yep. It's it, it's it's a lot different from the shad that that was all we used to fish for back in the day, Todd. Yeah, I know they can be difficult, you know, and you know the wind don't blow right or something, they don't bite. You know how they are, but or if it blows too hard, they're moved. But um, I really I have a tough time sometimes with herring lakes, but. Uh, uh, the tournament up here at uh, Hart will really keep me in a lot more stuff that, you know, I never tried. But, you know, sometimes that works for you, sometimes it don't, and you have to go back to your basics and catch them the way you know how to catch them. What, what, what keyed you in? What, what, what did you do at this tournament that you hadn't tried before? Well, you know, ever the thing I noticed about um, Lake Hartwell tournament is with all these anglers and the electronics they have now, they find all these cane piles and there's fish on them. There's fish on every one of them. And the problem for me was they just got beat up, you know, 
Mm -hmm. Practice was great. Tournament comes, you know, they've then had three or four days of people catching them and throwing on them, and they get real spooky and hard to catch, even though I think the, the guy that won it done it, you know, was fishing cane piles probably. And um, <clears throat> I think he was he was throwing a swim bait too and, and a, maybe even a football jig. But um, like I say, the fish were still there, but I couldn't catch them. They were, you know, definitely in a different mood. You know, so I had to, I had to drop back and punt and just go up the river and fish. You know, like I usually do. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't uh, have been I, down there trying that anyway. Right, right. They, well, that's the other. That's the flip side of it. With the great mapping and the 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 forward facing sonar available, it seems like it's never been a better time to be a bank angler. Yeah. Yep. I mean, sometimes you got to dance with who brought you. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Hey, you want to go up the river and fish a jig? Do it. You want to fish grass? Yep. Do it. You want to fish docks? Just do it. <laughs> yeah. I like because it. Because you get too many people doing one thing and it seems like I always struggle, you know, have to do something different. got to find your own little niche. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, you found a niche for a long time. When did you get started fishing? You were, I think we started probably around the same time. I think I fished maybe my first open like in 89 or so. Woo. Was that about when you started? I I start my first open was ninety five. Okay, so you were a few years before me. Yeah, I mean, I didn't turn <laughs> what I say pro until I don't know, probably twenty years ago. So did it full time. I did, you know, I worked on cars and fished on the side. I'd say now I work on cars on the side and fish for a living so i got it backwards <laughs> <laughs> well i you know i did it i think i started in 97 i did about 15 years out there uh in full time while well, still still at it really but uh but scott you you brought up something really cool bands we're talking about cars he spotted uh something pretty cool in your man cave What'd yeah you i was checking out your uh link tree on instagram there and you had uh what a 68 or 69 camaro in there well, we actually got three. We got the 67, 68, and a 69. Oh, man. But, I just died and went to heaven. <laughs> but we um, we give my son the 67 when he turned 16, and I bet it probably hadn't moved from the garage <laughs> since, which I told him he needed to get it out and get the wheels turning on it so it, it won't uh, get the flat spots. But uh, yeah. It's, well, those are beautiful cars. That's my favorite car. The 68 RSSS Super Sport. I'm all over yeah. that. Someday. I have my favorite one out of the bunch is the 69 Z28 I have. And we, you know, we spent years putting it back to original condition. And so, you know, everything's, everything's uh, matching numbers on it. And we just, that's my little baby. I'd have to say. The small block, your 350 in there? Did you put something it's else in three, there? It's a 302. That's what oh. come in the, the Z28 cars. Well, there's yeah. your retirement plan right there. That's worth about a hundred grand. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. We're going to have to have more than that nowadays, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, uh, tell your son, if he doesn't want to drive that car, I'm happy to oblige. Okay. I haven't, uh, you need to just come over here and drive it for him because he's, you know, of course he's building, or remodeling the house right now, so he's he's got his hands full. I understand. 
you know. But uh, every once in a while, you need to get out there and crank them up and move them around. Oh, yeah. yeah, what, what, like he does, he does, he wants to keep it garage kept. He doesn't want to get any miles on it. Well, you know, we got it when he turned 16, and then he said, Daddy, this is too nice to drive to school. Somebody might key it, you know, or mm. something. And he drove it a couple of times, and then I had, Dad had to go buy him old pickup, beat-up pickup trucks so he could drive that. And, yeah. uh, you know, of course, it got keyed, too. So <laughs> I'm glad he wasn't driving the Camaro. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Well, nice job. Those are nice cars. Uh, that's super cool. And congratulations on, on an amazing career and uh, so close to getting the big W on the, on the big derby. Um, yeah. I'm, I imagine, uh, you know, you're going to get a few more cracks at that Todd. Well, I hope so. It, it seems like, you know, when they come to Hartwell here lately, I've, or somewhere close, I hadn't, I hadn't made the cut. So, um, maybe one of these days it all fall into place and, get back after them on that classic deal. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Well, we'll be watching. And, uh, you know, we've got links up to, to get the, the baits. You can order from Todd's site or uh, yeah. or a lot of different places. They're going to be in Tackle Direct if they're not there already. Are they're they? not there already, but they, they shortly will be, I believe. They shortly will be. So check that out. Todd, thanks so much, man. And it was great uh, hanging out with you. I wish you the best. Uh, it's been a great career and uh, look forward to seeing you this year on the Elites. Hey, great talking to you guys and uh, really appreciate what y'all doing. No, no problem. And uh, we'll catch up with you real soon, guys. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to, we have a like and share contest. If you haven't done it over on Facebook, get busy, like it, share it. We're going to be giving that prize away as soon as we get back, as well as we have a trivia question uh, that we're going to be asking about. You got one ready? Rich is working on it over there. So we're based on what we talked about today. So we're going to be giving away some really cool water, wood, custom baits for our prizes today. We'll be right back after this. What's going on? It's Riz here from the Bash University, and I am excited to welcome in Waterwood Custom Baits to the Bashu family. These are custom handmade baits in the south rainforest of Brazil. They're made of Marupa Pedra wood. It's extremely dense, it's resistant, but it's also really buoyant. They're made of quality components with a 100% guarantee. They're made for tournament anglers, to get it done when the money is on the line. Guys, that was like my second cast with this bait. That's a Waterwood custom bait. These things are handmade in the rainforest south of Brazil. And I mean, as you can see right here, it's a fish catching bait. It's got the front hook. That means they wanted it. This bait's, uh, it, it's running really true. It throws really well. Guys, check them out at waterwoodcustombaits.com.
Forsale.com is the world's premier bass boat listings business. We focus on driving premium web traffic to our main website, business Facebook page, business Instagram, and our business YouTube channel, providing your bass boat listings the best buying traffic and top-notch exposure. Whether you need to sell your bass boat or are looking to buy a bass boat, it's simple. We give boats exposure so buyers shop and sellers list. One-time listing fee, no commission, and boats list until they sell. Bass boat Forsale.com. Check it out. Aquaview, the leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fishing rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That's are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hook set. Boom, goes the dynamite on the water not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. <laughs> Welcome back to uh to Bash University Live. Who 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 congrat Brett? Brett just notified me that of course I made the Bassmaster magazine. <laughs> me falling in, not for any fish that I caught or the finishes or any tournaments that I've ever had any success. I get it for falling in the water. Check it out, guys. Oh, no, Mom. Dad's pants are wet. <laughs> Killer Clips, page 68 of Bassmaster Magazine, guys. Check it out. Thank you, Bassmaster. I'll take it. I will. I'll, I will sign that. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty awesome. But what, what, what a great event. I can't wait to fish the Opens next year. I'm already signed up for Division Three on the Bassmaster Opens. I think we start out at Kerr Reservoir. Can't, Bugs Island. Can't wait. Bugs Island. Uh, springtime, Bugs Island. It could be off the charts or it could be too cold. We'll see what happens. May, but, what, what, what's the date on the first one? May. I think it's, is it May? I thought it may. might be April. It's May? May. Mm. Yeah. 
It's gonna bang. Well, see, June is postponed. We fished. I remember I fished a tournament down there. June it was postponed. Uh, I don't know that I've ever competed in May down there. So I, it's got to be a, a wide open uh, bed fishing or spawning uh, scenario down there, uh, depending on what the water does. A lot of fluctuation going on. It's a, uh, it's a, it's May. a man. It's, it's a water management lake. So the, the fluctuations are up and down. May three, four, and five. Oh, that's early. And yeah. when I was there two years ago for the for the qualifier, we were there in mid May, and they were all postponed. Really? Yeah. Mm. But you know, every year's every year's, year's different. different. Yeah. Yep. This year, I mean, I'm not gonna say they were all, but like. The large majority of fish were were post. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we're going to be in and around that spawn somewhere, yep. so it'll be uh, it'll be fine. I just look forward to getting back there. It's uh, it's a historical, classic Bassmaster fishery. Some of the biggest tournaments Launching have gone down there. Clarksville. Yeah. I assume that would be what. That's where push? the bridge goes across the lake up up lake. Okay, but where's yeah. the launch out of? Uh, it says Clarksville, but I don't I don't know exactly where that launch ramp is. But Clarksville's right at right at that bridge, gotcha. right at the bridge up there on Kerr. So uh, we have a Facebook like and share. Yes, what? let's give them one more chance. Go over to Facebook and like our share feed, and you will get a chance to win some Waterwood custom bait. Yes, go do that. Waterwoods are also the prize for the grand prize. Yes, as just well, right? yep, they are better. But cool. both, guys, this is a good. big prize. Really, is. they're awesome. What's a so. what's our what's our retail value on the prize? Like a million. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Give or take. Yeah. Well, there's is there a billionaire out there? In the ballpark. Is anybody you know. did anybody win? Yeah. Did did anybody win that? I heard there was they technical said that, difficulties. Yeah, there's technical difficulties. They don't know if anyone won yet. But let me tell you, I played Conspiracy. it. And I, there's five numbers, right? So for instance, say the numbers were like 10, 20, 30. My numbers were eleven. 21 31 Whoa. all of them all in all one. of them one number with one yeah it was ridiculous i'm Whoa. so mad i wouldn't mm. be here right now i'm just kidding <laughs> we'd be having a bigger party we're we're uh we're, we're celebrating miss jocelyn's birthday today yes. happy birthday i'm getting old please <laughs> are you still in the 20s 29 29 29 it's my yes. last year in my 20s well, and, and enjoy it. I remember when I was 29, I embarked on my full-time professional fishing career. Whoa. When so I it's my 29. turn? So, yeah. so you're telling me I need to embark on my fishing it's career. It's time. Go for it, Joss. It's time, Joss. You're going to have <laughs> the, the year 29, I will catch yeah. a bass. Yeah. You're going to have to start with catching a bass. That's the first That's right. step in making a professional fishing career. Somebody else needs to catch some bass this week. There's the uh, the bass mat the bassmaster the bass nation uh, national yeah. championships going on this week down on Lake Pickwick. Uh, real good buddy of mine, Connor Cahill. We've had him on the show before. He just constantly catches them everywhere he goes. It doesn't seem to matter. Um, but he's competing, representing the state of New Jersey. So we're uh, we're all pulling for you. Hopefully, you uh, go down there and get it done you know don't have to worry about nope. making the decision for the opens next year you just go 
win, right? You just you win that one, and then you go to the classic. You, get you, classic. you win that, and then you get to go back just again. Just do it. And <laughs> you're at, on the elite, and you just win all those. And I think good. he still actually has to qualify for the elite. He can't win the classic and get in the elite. Right, but if he wins the if he if you win the opens or the the Bass Nation National Championship, you're in. You get your you're on the elites, and you get your. Oh, is that true? Covered. Yeah, yeah. It's what Matty Wong did. Yeah, one won the nation national championship you get a year on the elites with it and uh your your entries are covered so wow the grassroots is the way to do it for the money you know so we're pulling for you get it done dude good yeah good luck connor good luck to all the guys competing down at lake pickwick that's a big deal just yep. making it there it's really uh like you talked about a gauntlet you got to go through a lot to to get yourself in that event get yourself qualified and uh, of course, our own Ike won that on, yep. on the Red River uh, a while back. I have never, I've never fished the national, uh, the nation national championship. I came close a couple of times, but I've just not, just couldn't get it done to be that guy. And you got to be that number one guy on your team to get in there. And I finished second or third a couple times, and just couldn't get it. I always wanted to, so uh, you know, I today this is the year. This is the year, <laughs> but I, I loved fishing the nation, loved it so much. And, uh, I'm glad that it's alive and we'll have yes, the national sir. championship this week. Yeah. Pete, it looks like you're going to have to bring a ton of Sharpies to the classic. Cause everyone wants to know if you'll sign their <laughs> Bassmaster magazine at the classic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep, Jocelyn, you're gonna have to be my manager. I think it's a five dollar charge. Five dollar charge. Okay, that's you know, my standard mm, charge. With inflation, ten dollars. Please, <laughs> I <I've>, I <laughs> right? nine dollars and ninety nine cents of that get donated to the Ike Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'll be happy to anybody. Anybody brings that to the classic, and we will be there in Knoxville. Hope you will be too. Look for us at the Bassmaster uh, booth. Booth there. We're going to be filming content. We're going to be uh, talking to all of our subscribers and having a lot of cool stuff going on at our booth. So um, do we have a like and share winner? We do. But Rich, do you want to ask the trivia question real quick? Yes. So our grand prize trivia question is what is Todd Auten's favorite Waterwood custom crankbait? What is Todd Auten's favorite Waterwood custom crankbait? And our like and share winner is Brett Devold. Brett. Thank you, Brett. Appreciate you liking us and sharing us. And uh, while we wait for a winner, I think our, our own Stefan Walden has, has chimed in. What does he Stefan would like to know, do you guys think that LiveScope will push, which, ugh, do you guys think that LiveScope will push those open water fish back into the bank in a few years? That's a great question, Stefan, and I think it's definitely it's already starting to move fish around, and fish are already starting to recognize that ping coming out of there, and they're they're running from it. They're they're starting to behave differently. Uh, will it push them to the bank? Uh, it's a good question. I, I think it's definitely going to push them away from the boat, and um, and in in a lot of instances that may be to the bank. But I but like I said earlier, I, I think I really believe this is. This is true. Is is the bank or oriented angler is really got a, you know, some untapped fish yep. that guys aren't messing with because they're they're out there looking at brush piles, looking at docks, and Riz. This is one of the things that because I I like fishing the shallow, but I want to become good with Mega Live in that shallow zone, yeah. right? I want to learn how to use it in that it real works. shallow zone better than i than i am now yep. and and 
it, you know, and, and we saw Brian Schmidt. Um, by the way, we just released Brian Schmidt today. Uh, which one did we release today? Chatterbaits in the grass. Chatterbaits in the grass. Must lordy lordy. Guys, that's that's one you got to see. I don't care where you're fishing a lake that has grass in it anywhere on the planet. That's one you got to see. Must watch. So get over there and get yourself subscribed to Bashy.tv right now. We still have the Halloween special going on, right? Last couple of days. We say around. La la last chance. <laughs> yep, you're gonna. We got the uh, Texas rig uh, Halloween special that's still live, and we're gonna be ending that uh, real soon. So get subscribed. Check that one out. You do not want to miss that one. Uh, Chatterbait fishing in the grass. We have a winner. We have a winner. Chris Westbrook. It is the Wobbly 100. The Wobbly 100. Chris, nicely done. Congratulations. Nice We're going to hook you Chris. up with some really cool crankbaits. Well done. And, uh, and thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks, Todd Alton, uh, for hanging out with us. Sorry I screwed up some of your, your tournament records there, but uh, I blame uh, Riz and Jocelyn for not preparing me properly. <laughs> And uh, we uh, we're gonna be back. We're we're looking to be back from Tackle Direct next week. So we're gonna have some cool stuff we're working on. So we'll keep you posted, guys. We're hoping to have some great holiday uh, sales opportunities uh, for you live next week. So you want to tell your friends and get ready because it's gonna be something that's really cool. You we're definitely want to watch. Definitely, definitely, definitely want to watch. Sounds like Jocelyn knows something that I don't don't yet. I'm excited to hear that. So uh, we're we're gonna uh, we're gonna head out, guys. We're gonna see you next week. Hope you have a great week. Get out, enjoy that fall fishing. I'm Pete Gluzak for the Bash University.